back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaft, along with Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 126. 126. Artemis. What's going on? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was good, man. It, it, it was good. I went home. I had to work Friday on Black Friday, so that wasn't fun, but uh, I got Thanksgiving Day off and that was pretty good seeing seeing my family, seeing Ashley's family. So yeah, it was pretty good, man. How about yours? It was good. A lot, a lot of traveling, a lot of driving, and it, I mean, I, I went. So I did two Thanksgivings on Thursday. Drove down early Friday morning to the beach to see my family, uh-huh. uh, my, my mom's side of the family, and then early Sunday morning we came home. We got home probably about eleven thirty in the morning. On Sunday, and then drove up to the to the mountains, and went out and picked out the the old fashioned uh, Christmas tree. So nice. uh, went out Clark Griswold style and and chopped down a tree and and brought it home and then put it up in my in my living room because you know that's what we do we we take things from the wild and put them in our house. Um, <laughs> so that that's what we did, but. Yeah, I mean, nice. Friday or Sunday. I think I I think I did a total of like six and a half hours driving in the mm-hmm. car. So um, six and a half, seven hours driving in the car. So I was really ready to be done with that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tradition I've I've never done. Honestly, I've, I've never uh, never had a natural tree. Never done that in my family. So yeah, we we had never done it until well, I had never done it until I got married. And now that I've been married for four years, we've done it three of the four. Last year we didn't do a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were Scrooges for for Christmas last year, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fun. I used to go with my wife. Her family's always done it when we were dating. I, I used to go with her to and her family to pick out their Christmas tree and then help them decorate their tree. But I I don't know. I mean, if if it's the if the wife likes it, then I'm all for it and. Uh, she she really wanted it. I mean, it's our first Christmas in our in our home, um, so it was like we got it. We got to get a tree. We got to do it right. Um, so yeah, and honestly, Artie, you'll you'll be seeing uh, here very soon. We we took some family portraits or we we took some family pictures yesterday. Um, so you'll you'll see that on the Christmas card. It'll, it'll be it'll be really nice. I, I I'm really excited to see how those turned out. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, man. Um, well, number twenty six, Artie. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, number twenty six. There's a couple good ones. Yeah, I guess off the top of the head, I think the the one that that comes to mind is Adrian Peterson. Yep. Me. If I had to, if I had to think of a, a yep. twenty six, that's definitely uh all day AP. Adrian Peterson, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. Um, you know that that era of him and and CJ two K and and a few others in that same era. It was just like the best running backs like of all time. It was like it was it was, it was I think it was him. It was it was Chris Johnson. I think um, God, who else am I, am I trying to think of that was still was it Ladanian Thompson? I'm, I'm thinking of that was still kind of running the rock pretty well. Yeah, um, it, it was a few of them that was kind of running running the league back then. But I mean, uh, you, you could probably even throw like he didn't have as long of an NFL career, but you can throw like Reggie Bush in there. Oh yeah, yeah, Reggie Bush with the Saints. I mean, he's the Super Bowl champion. So um, yeah, that, that was that was a good era of running backs. But yeah, definitely Adrian Peterson. I think a two six. Yeah, I, I think this might be one of the 
that might be one of the greatest like running back generations yeah of all time i mean you you look back i mean and just before it, the the wide receiver generation mm-hmm. were like Randy Moss Terrell Owens um i'm sure i'm leaving some guys out i can't i'm blanking on names but those guys that generation and then they they kind of came up around the same time um Randy Moss was a little bit ahead of them but yeah. yeah, I mean, we've had we've had those two position groups. We've had probably the greatest two generations of those two of those groups. Now, I'm not saying they're the greatest running backs of all time, right? But I, I think all in all, the group of of that generation is the most competitive group of all time. Um. But th- yeah, that, that's a good one. I, th- I thought about putting AP in there. Yeah. Um, but I went a different route. I went baseball this week. Of, of course, you had you had to go with somebody nobody's heard of. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's heard of a five time All Star, World Series champ, Silver Slugger award winner, and a home run derby champ. Oh, not to mention to win that World Series, he hit a walk off uh, hit against Mariano Rivera, the, one of the greatest, or if, honestly, the greatest closer of all time. Nobody's heard of Luis Gonzalez. Luis Gonzalez. I'll I'll, I'll always for, remember him for uh, for his time with the with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I mean, he played a little bit all over. I, I know he played. I want to say he played. For, uh, he, I know he played for the Dodgers. I want to say he played for San Francisco as well. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, Luis Gonzalez. That that was outside of my teams the Braves, the Hurricanes at that time. Outside of those two teams, that was my first, like, real sports memory of, okay, I'm sitting here just as a as a normal fan watching the game that I love at six years old, watching Luis Gonzalez hit that walk-off hit, and I'll, I'll never forget that. So um, I, I thought, hey, let, let's put that up there. Uh, for number 26. Love it. But, uh, yeah, Artie, well, if there's nothing else to add to that, uh, let's go ahead and recap this ugly win. And <laughs> when I mean ugly, I mean this is the kind that only a, gr- a mother can love. Ugly. That was one of the ugliest wins I've ever seen. Is, it, mean, is, it, is it wrong of me to say it almost feels like a loss? Like It almost feels like we lost. <laughs> like, I've <laughs> never... I've got this in, in my ugly part uh, for the good, bad, and ugly. I've got this in ugly. I've never felt worse about a win than I did on Saturday. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was ugly. And we were lucky to survive against a terrible Temple team. I mean, make no bones about it. We thought this defense was good earlier in the season. This defense, this defense, the rush defense is good. This rush defense is great or borderline great mm-hmm. right I, I won't i won't put the great tag on them fully yet but they're borderline they're they're there i mean they can stop any running back in the country i believe outside of a couple but the secondary and our pass defense is god awful we we need to get some better i, I don't know i guess better linebackers and a better secondary I mean, we can't, we can't stop the pass. 
we can we can only play one coverage and it's in its in its own coverage and we can't even do that right. Like we can't even play that right. We don't have the kind of athletes now. Like I like I, I realized that. Now I've been begging for man coverage, but we just don't have the guys. We can't that can do, do it. it. We don't have. They, that they can't do it. Like they're going to get blown off 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 the line of scrimmage every time if they play man, and they and they can't play zone either. So it's like we got to like that's that's public enemy number one. Outside of finding a damn kicker, <laughs> it's getting better in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, you, we we need. I I don't, I don't even think it's. I mean, we've got some speed there, but we don't have enough speed to keep up. Because what we need is we we need more size in the secondary. Our our secondary is pretty small, mm-hmm. and they, like you said, they're going to get pushed off. They're going to get rubbed off routes, and they're going to give up even more uh, wide open passes downfield. Than they do right now if they go to play man. Look, I get it. And look, I I love Coach Blake Carroll. He he is when I say a true friend of the podcast, he is a true friend of the podcast. Absolutely. I, I love Blake Carroll. I saw people upset with him on on Saturday. I don't know if you can put this on Blake Carroll right now. Outside of the recruiting aspect of it. Right. That I mean, we just gotta we gotta recruit better. We just don't have the position. skill. Yeah, we just don't have the skill right now that can that can that right. can keep up. I mean, he he. I I think that he, he can he can strategize and game plan. He can put together an excellent game plan, but he can't go out there and and execute it himself. You know, because we don't right. have the players to, to to go do that just yet. Yeah, so. I mean, that's probably the most disheartening thing about about this team is in the last two weeks this defense has been exposed for what it is great at stopping the run piss poor defensively when, when trying to stop the pass. I mean, you got EJ Warner, a freshman through for what? 520 yards. Just, just video game numbers out there. I mean, just doing whatever the hell he wanted to. He was putting up Shane Carter numbers, senior year Shane Carter numbers. And look, I, I hate it. That that is the number one thing that we've got to figure out this offseason. We I mean the transfer portal is popping right now. We gotta hit the the transfer market very early and we gotta make a big splash bringing it kind of like what we've done in the past with wide receivers. We gotta do it on, on the defensive side of the ball now. We gotta we gotta get some guys in here that can uh that can be ball hawks because we don't we don't really have that. I mean you just you don't i mean the best your best secondary player probably best cornerback right now is gyro wilson yeah and i mean i think he's got three interceptions four interceptions on the season but to be able to compete at the level that we want to compete at you got to have a better pass defense that that is the biggest issue that i've seen this year, out, yeah, of course, outside of the special teams play, but that is, it, it's it's god awful. And, and to be honest with you, the absence of Jaquan McMillan might might be the biggest thing that this oh, team yeah. misses. It, it like like that that gap of missing him this season is probably the difference between maybe 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 a couple of wins. Honestly, like his ability to just shut down a number one or a number two receiver, his ability to get to the ball. His ability, and, and he's a big size guy. I mean, he's a, he's an NFL size size cornerback. So I mean, the, the absence of Jaquan 
is, I mean, you can see that every week on that on our past. Yep. I mean, you have Jaquan McMillan back, and and you're probably you probably beat you probably you blow out Temple. I mean, you you lock down their number one wide receiver and make them a more one dimensional offense. You probably don't get blown out to Houston. You might still lose that game, but you don't get blown yeah, out. You, you don't. You don't lose the way you do to Houston. That was that was a lot on the offense against Houston because that game, honestly, that game should have been a shootout, but our offense just couldn't get going. Couldn't show up. Yeah. Um. And you probably win the game against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And who knows? You you might have a better shot at beating Tulane earlier in the season. And I mean, it doesn't really help much against Navy. They don't throw the ball, right? right. And, and and the state game came down to special teams. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about at least two wins. I mean, th- this team with Jaquan, they really missed Jaquan McMillan it's, this year. It's huge. It, it is a drastic difference not I, having that team. I wasn't expecting the drop off to be that that much. I knew Jaquan McMillan was a was an elite athlete, but I was I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. Mm-hmm. And our secondary is just it, it's atrocious. It really is. Um, but Ari, let's let's talk about the good a little bit. Let's do it. Let's not talk all about bad. What a day for Keaton Mitchell. I mean, I feel like we say that every every week. Every time we talk about Keaton, I get sad, to be honest with you, because I know he's not coming back. Like, I know he's not coming back, and I want him to come back so bad. And I, I know he's, he's just so good. I've been arguing with people in the uh, ECU football Facebook page. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, luckily we have Keaton Mitchell next year. I'm like, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. <laughs> he's he's not. not coming back. Like, there's no there – would, there would be no reason for him to come back. No, there's I, absolutely, there I, I would – if if he were sitting in front of me right now, and look, I am a big time ECU football fan. If he were sitting in front of me right now, and I was talking to him man to man, I'd be like, "Keaton, you've got to go. Go get that bag. Yeah, go." Like he's already seen it this year with with injury scares, the the concussions and whatnot. Go go get your bag. Go take care of the family first. I mean, you've you've done your job here at ECU. And, and then some. I mean, nobody can ever take away what he's done at East Carolina. He 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 will go down as one of the best running backs uh, that that we've had, and it's and it's a good storied history of good running backs that we've had. He's definitely up there with them. Um, and then the performance he had on Saturday, American Athletic Conference, just just an early walk the damn plank for them. I don't know how you don't have him as the player of the week. That's absurd. Nobody in the conference came close to what Keaton did Saturday with over 300 all-purpose yards, four touchdowns what he did rushing and receiving. That's just absurd, but just yeah. away from him. I, if I, I think if he has another 150 yard performance or so in the bowl game, I think he could move into number one in, uh, in season rushing yards at EC, in ECU history. Wow. Where's he at right now as far as, as far as his totals for rushing? Oh, you're you're gonna put that on me? Um, yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad. I'm, I thought my stats guy had it up. My fire the intern again. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I, he I think he's pushing. Maybe maybe that's the all time 
leader in, in ECU history. And really, he's done he's done it in like two and a half seasons, really. Um, and I, I know all purpose yards. He's got to be pushing close to fifteen hundred, right? This year, yeah, yeah. He's gotta he's gotta be. Let's see. I mean, at least I, I know he's got at least eleven hundred rushing yards, maybe more than that. Oh no, he he definitely has over eleven hundred because I mean he had two hundred twenty-two. He was he's got over twelve hundred rushing yards this year, and probably to add another what three or four hundred receiving yards on top of that. It's absurd. The kind of he had he had seventy-two receiving yards this this week. And I know I think at the beginning of the season we uh we did the over under on, on his all purpose yards over fifteen hundred. So Keen Mitchell is at one thousand three hundred and twenty five rushing yards. Wow. And then receiving Keen Mitchell, he's over he's over five hundred or fifteen hundred yards on the on the year. All purpose yards. That's insane. That's I insane. mean that that's borderline like, yeah, the size the size thing is, is an issue. Um, for him, but I mean, he's pushing probably mid second round, late, late second round, early third round. Yeah. He's, he's making his case. I mean, when, when, when he came into the season, I thought, you know, maybe third or fourth round kind of a pick he's, he's definitely pushing his case to be up there in in a late second round, at least in my opinion right now. I think, I think he's a late second rounder. At least he could be as high as a late second rounder. The NFL will put the size on it. Like, you know, the, the skill is too good to pass up on. A team will, will, will put the size on him that he needs. So, because that, that, that skill is there. And as much as I would love to see Keaton come back, nobody nobody chirping in his ear is telling him to come back to East Carolina. <laughs> They're all telling him all to right. go to the league. All right. So, with a 100-yard performance, he can pass – he can pass – Chris Johnson for third overall in ECU history. history. Wow. And wow. he would need an absolutely insane day to to be no, to be number 1 all time in single season. Um that that record's held by Scott Harley with 1745 rushing yards in 1996. <laughs> That's insane. 1725 just in rushing. Yeah. Wow. Uh Keen Mitchell also he he is number 9 and number 10 in single game rushing yards. Yeah. Um with 222 in he he has two games with 222 yards rushing 2021 against Tulane and then of course this past weekend Against Temple, he had two hundred twenty-two rushing yards. Um, so yeah, what a. I mean, honestly, that that's that's insane, and I mean he he's in the conversation with quite honestly one of the greatest running backs of all time. And if if he were to come back next year, he he'd be the number one r- rushing. He'd be the number one running back in ECU history. Yeah, well, yeah, easily. If, if if Keaton were to come back, you know, by by by, by sheer miracle, yes, he would. He would absolutely go down as the best running back in East Carolina football history. Um, he's already top five. I mean, you you've already got to give him his flowers um, while he's here because because he's already one of the greats. So, yeah, I mean, and 
like I said, in two and a half years, because let's not forget, he didn't start out as as the right. He didn't start out tw- the twenty twenty season as the number one running back. Right. He he and Rajay Harris, I mean they they rose to that the occasion in twenty twenty, and really solidified themselves as the one two punch, and he's got twenty nine hundred yards in two and a half seasons. The record at ECU is three thousand seven hundred forty five. It's insane. I mean, what what he's been able to put up in two and a half years is what most running backs can't do in four. So right, it's insane. Like somebody's gonna get a good one. And Keaton Mitchell. And look, I would love for my Falcons to draft him. Uh, I think that would be a great, a great pick. Of course you would. <laughs> An early down back. I mean, he's probably not going to score a bunch of touchdowns in the NFL. Um, he, he might not get as many of those goal line touches, but right. he's going to get yards. And he can also return the ball. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine him? He started the season as the kick returner. Could you imagine him in the NFL as a kick returner? He's elusive. He's small. He's elusive. He can get through them gaps. He can get through them holes. What What's the record for forty speed in in the NFL? Oh, that 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 I don't know. I think um, God, who it, it they broke it just a few years ago too. It was like a four four two something. I think it was was the record, but I, I couldn't tell you who the player was. Let's see. Could not uh, tell you who the player was. Chris Johnson is number two with a four-two-four. Yeah, I, I knew Chris Johnson was up there, but I knew he wasn't one. John Ross. Okay, wide yeah. receiver out of Washington. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't even know who he's. Is he in the league still? No idea. What he run like a four-two-one? He ran a four-two-two. That's moving. That is moving. I'd be interested to see after getting healthy and training for the draft, what Keen Mitchell, what number Keen Mitchell puts up. I don't think he's pushing four two two, but he can he can definitely get a crack of four three. I think he, I think he's cracking four three. Yeah, I, I, I think he can get a four three. Four two two is moving. Like that is that's absurd. That's that's Olympic speed. I mean, uh. I think he cracks four three easily. Um, other other than that, no turnovers in the last six games. Yeah, snaps to that. I mean, I, I can't remember a stretch like that. I know ECU had one last year where they had three or four games, but to go half a season without turning the ball over, sadly, that's they're not they're not leading to wins. But it's a it's a nice stat. <laughs> it's because we didn't have any turnovers or penalties against Houston. And lost by 39 points. So lost by 45. 45, excuse me. Yeah. So stat guy here. But uh to that, I mean, credit Ayler's 68% completion percentage, 314 yards passing and three passing touchdowns. In that play, let's talk about that play that he made where I mean, he just kind of threw it up there and Keaton Mitchell went and got got it and took it 72 yards or 49 yards to the house. Yeah. I mean, insane. Absolutely insane. Well, that, that's just one of those lucky plays. You, you, you get lucky on a, on, a, on a good bounce and a, and a favorable roll on that because that could have that could have been disaster. And then we could have been looking at Holton like, what the hell were you doing? It just ended up being fortunate enough to bounce in Keaton's hands, and Keaton took care of the rest. 73-yard pass. 
73 yard pass to Keaton Mitchell. Well, it wasn't a 73 yard well, pass. Well, but was, you know it was, what I mean. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it, was it goes down. It goes. It goes run. down. It goes down to 73 yards. Right, but we all we all know that was not a 73 yard bomb that Houghton that Houghton threw. Um, and then the other thing that I, I like to see, we spread the ball around pretty nicely mm-hmm. on on Saturday. I mean, nine guys got touches or had a uh, targets. I mean, out of thirty seven, you're, you're out thirty seven targets. I mean, that's you're spreading the ball around pretty nicely there. Isaiah Winstead led led the receiving with sixty three yards on seven uh, receptions. CJ Johnson had sixty. On six receptions, um, and then you had a, a bunch of guys that had two or three receptions. Uh, Marlon Gunn, Shane Calhoun, Keen Mitchell, Jalen Johnson, and Josiah Hatfield. Which mm-hmm. I mean, Josiah Hatfield. Also, what what a day for him! Uh, the big time kick return that really kind of shifted momentum back to ECU to yeah. put them ahead. But uh. But yeah, that that's the good. That that's all the good I have. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I, look, offense definitely you know showed out, but they showed out against a Temple defense that's let everybody show up against them. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm not really going to hang my hat on that. Defense looked terrible. It was a shootout through and through, which shouldn't have been a shootout. I mean, this this is a game that should have been forty-two to ten at best, yeah. if, if if we're if we're being honest. And so you know, like you said, I've never felt worse about a win, but it is a win. We do move to seven and five. Um, you know, as far as the season goes, it's it's a very unsatisfied feeling for this season. But yep. um, seven and five is seven and five, and we look forward to the bowl game. So they don't ask how; they ask how many. Yeah. When we're doing this podcast in thirty years, Artie, and we go back and and look at this season, we're gonna say, "Oh, they were seven and five. We're not gonna say, "Oh, they were seven and five with a win over Temple that." Should have probably been a loss. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was ugly, but they got it done. Yeah, um, they got it done, and, and, we, and we move on. And hopefully now they'll have, I mean, Selection Sunday is this Sunday. Yeah. They'll have a couple of weeks to prepare for their opponent and get right, get healthy. And hopefully we come out and we put a hurting on whoever we play in the bowl game. Facts, which is looking like Syracuse. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Artie, bad to the bone player of the week. Any any discussion no, on this? No, we, we we know who it is. Okay, Keen Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nobody else it can really go to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else you would give it to, other than Keaton Mitchell. Well, Artie, the Boneyard Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you, listeners of the Boneyard Podcast. Get 20% off plus free shipping worldwide so our listeners in Croatia, you can get it too when you use promo code BONEYARD20 at checkout. Once again, that promo code is BONEYARD20 for 20% off and free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. 
Artie, if my math's correct, that's about 14 million balls. Yes, sir. The performance package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance package performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Let's talk about this lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Artie, I use this thing. I mean, it, it gets the job done. It gets in those hard-to-reach hard areas and and leaves your balls feeling amazing. What yes, do you sir. think? No, that no, it's 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 incredible. I love I love the Wee Whacker and uh it's definitely a good product. Yeah, the, the fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a four thousand LED spotlight you need for when you need a more precise shave. Like I said, use this thing. It's gonna it's gonna get the job done right, uh, Artie. Once again, all you gotta do go to manscaped.com. Use promo code Boneyard twenty at checkout, and you'll get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Even to our friends who are listening in Iran, Iran, whatever you want to call it, Iran at manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code Boneyard twenty. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, Artie. We have come to the end of the college football season and ECU is bowl eligible. How, yes, where did this college football season go? Quick, so quick. Like this was this honestly, on, this, honestly, this feels like one of the quickest college football seasons ever. Yeah. Ever. Time so. has flown by this year. Yeah. You know what they say, time flies when you're having fun. Um, and we've had a lot of fun this year. Let's uh let's let's talk about some of these these bowl projections and uh give our takes. All right. Let's get into it. As you mentioned before, uh a lot of them have us playing in the Fenway Bowl against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Don't hate it. Don't really want to play in Boston, but don't hate it. Um Action Sports, Athlon Sports, and CBS Sports all have us in the Fenway Bowl against Syracuse. Um, ESPN, Bonagura has us in the Independence Bowl versus South, South Alabama. I absolutely do not want that. Yes. Can we please avoid that? That that sounds awful. Shabak, Shlabak has us in the Myrtle Beach Bowl still, but he's switched who we're playing. Now he has us playing North Texas. Awful. Future AAC member. Awful. And then uh, Sporting News has us in the Frisco Bowl versus Utah State. I don't hate that. I don't hate it because I do like the Frisco Bowl. I think, I think that's a cool bowl game. And Utah State is kind of decent this year. So. And then uh, USA Today, this is probably my favorite right now. The Fenway Bowl versus Pitt. Yeah. Uh, I like that matchup. And then Yahoo still has us in the military bowl versus Wake Forest. You know, I, I the Fenway Bowl is is different. And, you know, obviously Boston sucks because it's just that's the furthest away. It's just hard to get, you know, pirate fans up to Boston. 
Uh, but Syracuse, I do like the, the, the matchup with Syracuse. They're a team that started hot. They kind of fell off the last six weeks. Um, but that's a name brand. You can you can be the name brand ACC school like Syracuse. That goes a long way to help the program. Um, Syracuse, the, Pitt, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the what was it? The Pinstripe Bowl against Pitt? Fit, no, Fenway. Okay, it was, it was Fenway against Pitt. Um, either one of those, Syracuse or Pitt, I'm, I'm honestly good with. I don't mind the military bowl matchup with Wake. I don't really want to go back to Annapolis. I really don't want to see ECU in the military bowl again. But if it's against Wake, I'll, I'll take that because I like I like the opponent. Yeah, and I, I've had something recently come up, so I know I'm not going to if, – if we get the military bowl, I will not be there. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to that one. That's why I kind of like the Myrtle Beach Bowl, but I don't really care for the opponent. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I'd like to Myrtle. play the – go ahead. No, I, I was going to say Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Bowl can be fun. I mean, that's, that's one that's easy to get to, plenty of things to do in Myrtle. It's not really that expensive of a trip. They just wish it was a better opponent. That's all. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, that, that's on the 19th. That's a, a Monday. I mean, if we went down there on, on Sunday morning, right? played a round of golf Sunday, and then went to the game Monday right. and drove home after the game, that, that'd be that's fantastic. Easy. Yeah, that's, that's easy. easy. So uh, I, I'm, all, I'm all for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I just don't want North Texas. Um, <laughs> give me Coastal Carolina. Yeah, what, what happened? I thought we were matched up with Coastal in that in that bowl game. I don't know. I, I don't know. Who are they playing for a conference championship this weekend? The, I I don't keep up with Coastal football, so I have no idea. I know Troy's in, in that conference championship. Could not tell you my in friend. the Sun Belt. It's bullshit that uh, James Madison can't get into the conference championship. Yeah, I, I hate that first year, you know, eligibility. Uh, that, that's a rule. stupid rule. Yeah, that That's insane. Yeah, that's definitely insane. But, uh, all right, well, you like you like the Fenway Bowl, right? Against- I, do, I, I do like the Fenway. Now, if we can get a better opponent for the Myrtle Beach Bowl, I'll, I'll take that. But I, yeah. I do like the Fenway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, give me – yeah, give me Coastal. It'll be a home game for Coastal. Mm-hmm. But give give it to me. I mean – our fan base can travel. Coastal's fan base, of course, is there. Yeah, you I can mean, you can get at least thirty thousand uh, fans to that to that bowl game. I mean, how many does that that stadium hold? I mean, I'd want to say it's right at probably about thirty thousand, maybe a little more. I don't know, but I'm I mean, if up. Coastal's playing in their backyard, I mean, yeah, they'll definitely they'll definitely sell that out. As a home game, and then you still you add about five to ten thousand pirate fans. It'd be a good time. Let's see. This is from their their website, the Coastal Carolina website. I don't know when this was last updated, but I think it only holds about twenty one thousand. Damn, really? Yeah. So that's a soccer venue. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, but. <laughs> BB&T holds more than that down there in Winston. Or is it Truist now? Truist Field, I It's say. Truist. It's yeah. Truist. Yeah, get it right, Artie. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think so I guess I should know. Yeah, it says that this is going by Wikipedia. It says that it holds 21,000. Wow. I mean. Oh. Well, even still. We'll sell, that, we'll, yeah. we'll sell that bitch out. 
Yeah, it should still be it should still be full. I mean, even if it isn't coastal, if it's if it's ECU versus anybody, I mean that place should be all purple and gold. That's Facts. a home game. Facts. Um all right, ECU basketball. Artie. Yes. A decent start to the season, five and two. If you would have mm-hmm. asked me, first year head coach, where where I would want to be or how I'd like it to be at seven games in the season, especially with some of the tough starts we've had in games, I would take five and two. Yeah, I'll take five five and two any day of the week. So, um, and then they got a big matchup tonight against South Carolina State. That should be a dub. Um, not gonna not gonna say it is, but I I, I like. Our, our chances in that game. Um, I mean, and they finally started to put together full games. I mean, right. just, against just Toledo. Full, full game, yeah. And UT Arlington, which, I mean, Toledo's not a – I mean, it's not a terrible team, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they got embarrassed by Old Dominion, 71 to 50. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, ECU basketball, Coach Schwartz, I like, I like the direction he's got this team headed. And – uh they might surprise some people this year. They they don't give up. They don't. They're never out of the fight. I would agree. I would agree. And I, I look five and two is five and two. You take that start for anybody. Let's just keep let's 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 keep churning out some wins in the start tonight against uh, SC State. For sure. Well, Artie, the men's soccer World Cup. Yeah. Let's go. Survive in advance, baby. Survive in advance. We are. We are a. Soccer podcast now. <laughs> We're a soccer podcast. Yes, sir. Come here for your soccer news. Uh, USA is advancing to the next round after beating Iran. Is that how they want us to pronounce it? I, I, I call Did it you Iran, see that? Did you see that? What, the, the game? No, the clip of the Iranian reporter asking uh what what's our captain's name tyler adams i know his last name's adams um asking him basically like he he said first you're pronouncing our our country's name wrong like there's a way to do that tactfully in in an interview or in a press conference Mm -hmm. but but just kind of like hey did you know it's actually pronounced this way there's a way to do that Right. There's, um, there's a certain professional etiquette you got to have. He didn't do it. This, this could be – I thought about putting this in the walk the plank, but I had other walk the planks that I thought would be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went on to ask, like, the irony of an Iranian reporter asking this guy about a black male in America being persecuted and being uh, – like racially like the the racial divide in America asking him about like how he feels about playing for a country that has so much of that the answer from from USA's captain was amazing um but <laughs> the irony of an Iranian reporter talking about persecution and yeah. prejudice <laughs> is That's- laugh out loud funny that's kind of laughable. That that is that. Come on, man. That's very funny. Like, yeah, like that I, is. Yeah. So, um, but today watching watching the game, I watched the game. I watched the whole game. I did too. I also I, didn't watch the whole game. I watched all of it, other than like the first five minutes, because I couldn't get my spectrum to work on my computer. But mm-hmm. I figured it out. 
And the one takeaway I had, Artie, is soccer is stupid. The offsides is still – that that is completely mind-boggling to me. <laughs> How you have to have two defenders back, or at least a defender back, before you can advance to score a goal. Not to mention the, the goalie, too. Like that, that just blows my mind, but okay. Yeah, and if they want more fans to – in America to watch the game and to love the game like the other sports, the other major sports in America, someone's got to be done because I'm not going to sit here and take the time to learn all your stupid rules. At one point, at one point, an Iranian player just bent down, touched the ball with his hand. I thought that was a handball. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's USA ball. Like, Nothing was ever whistled. Nothing was ever blown dead. He touched the ball, threw it to his, threw it to his teammate, and they kept, they kept going. I was like, "What is going on?" I don't understand it. I don't understand soccer. Soccer's a soccer's a stupid sport um, with stupid rules. I, I, I will say this last thing that that hit that that Pulisic took. I mean, it, it looked like a nasty hit, but I, I see NFL guys take that every Sunday, and I, and I'm kind of curious. Like how serious the injury was. Like, did he break? Did he have a ruptured asshole? Yeah, like, I got like I wasn't trying to be mean, but I'm like I see guys get hit like this in football every single. What, week, what about the right up? So what, what about uh, the player for Iran? Iran? I don't know. I, I can't remember how the guy wants us pr- to pronounce it, so I'm just going to pronounce it every way. <laughs> um, what about the player? Literally, like tr- tackling our guy, but then flopping on the ground, yeah. screaming over the noise from the whole stadium. Right. Like he broke his leg. Then he got up and just walked it off. Like, what are you doing? He was flopping around. For for people touching him on the shoulder and, and, and things like that. It's soccer's a weird sport. It's, it's definitely a weird sport. I I get people saying like, see, hockey's my sport. I will talk to anybody about hockey all day long. I, I love hockey already more than I love professional football. More than I love baseball. I love hockey. I'll watch any hockey anytime. And uh I know I know it's hard for for new fans and for people trying to get in or watch their first hockey game. I know it's hard to understand sometimes. Some of the rules, there's some different things going on. I know it's fast-paced, it's hard to track. Soccer is like all of that, but just slow. Yeah. It's just so slow. I don't I don't know. Um but talking about the offsides, that's one of the worst rules. I I texted our our soccer correspondent Brandon and asked him, "Hey, can you can you give this to me like in NFL terms?" Yeah. And he basically said, "Imagine a quarterback throwing the ball, but he can't throw it to somebody that's behind a, a safety or cornerback." before the ball leaves the quarterback's hand. I was like, that's fucking dumb. That is dumb. <laughs> I thought this was sports. I thought, I thought you were trying to be the fastest guy out there. Yeah. If, if you get burned, you get burned. And like, it's yeah. not, it's not my responsibility that you didn't get, that you didn't get back on defense. Like that's not, that's not, I'm supposed to score a goal. So why, why don't I just stay up again, up on like the front line the whole time? Yeah. I don't know. It's a stupid rule. So, Artie, I thought, let's do a worst rules in sports draft. 
<laughs> top five. I don't even know if I know enough bad oh, movies. Oh, I know plenty. God bless. Um, I'll go. I'll go number one. We talked about it a little bit earlier. One of the worst rules in in sports is the rule that when you come up from the FCS level and join mm-hmm. FBS, you can't be you can't be bowl eligible or you're you're ineligible for the postseason. That's stupid. Yeah. If you join a conference and you come up from the FCS level and you railroad through that conference and or at one point ranked in in the country. You should be able to go to a bowl game. You should be able to play for a conference championship. You're in the conference, aren't you? So, that'll be my number one. I will say uh, they've done away with it. Well, can we can we do rules that that, that sure. were established? Okay, sure. Because definitely the, the the tuck rules definitely got to got to be in there. That was that was a god awful. I still don't understand the tuck rule. It's a god awful rule when 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 they had it. it. It basically protected quarterbacks from fumbling the ball, pretty much. That I mean, it, that's that's basically what it what it boiled down to. It, they they called it incomplete pass instead of really being the fumble that it was. Um, and that and, not, and that, that didn't just happen with Brady. That happened like a few times while that while that rule was established. So that's definitely that's definitely got to be in there. But they did do away with that, so thank God. But that's definitely one of the worst rules in sports when it was when it was around. Yeah, um, this is kind of an obscure rule in hockey. So in hockey, when your when your team has a penalty, you can ice the puck. Icing means you can shoot the puck from behind the center line, the red line at center ice. Mm-hmm. You can shoot the puck behind that line down to the opponent's zone without penalty. With when it's five on five or four on four, even strength, if you shoot that puck from behind the red line and it crosses the goal line, like in the corner. And the other team is the first team there. The puck comes all the way back, and there's a face-off in, in your zone. The The reasoning behind it is to give teams a better opportunity to, to kill off a penalty. Mm-hmm. So they, they get the puck, and they're in their zone. They flip it out all the way down the ice. The other team has to go skate and chase it. It's I, I think it's a stupid rule. Like, why do we change the rules when – the team is is on a penalty or on a power play. Like, yeah. what? Keep the same rules the whole time. Once again, it makes it hard for for fans to understand it. New fans, at least. Yeah, I'll, if if I had to give a what do we want number four? Sure. Or we, or we each give them five. I, I have plenty. So if you want to just give a couple, that's fine. Yeah. I've got plenty. I can I talk about five. I do. I, I will say this college football overtime rules. I fucking hate college football overtime rules. See, I'm the opposite. I hate they the NFL are, overtime dumb. rules. They're dumb. They're dumb. They're dumb. They're dumb. You can't give teams the football on 25 yard line and already put them in, in, in field goal range. At least, at least move it to the 50. At least put them on the 50. Okay. That, that to me is just absurd. You, you are literally saying, I want this to go to three, four, five, six overtimes. You're just giving the offense too many breaks to get into the end zone, and they're already in field goal range. At least move it to the 50. Like, I, I'm not saying you got to put it all the way back to the 25 or the 20, but at least move the ball back to the 50 and give the defense a little bit of a chance to try to stop the offense. Um, I don't mind the the, the uh, having to go for two. I, what is it, after the second overtime? Yeah. We, we just line up and have to go for two-point conversions. I don't mind that. I kind of like that, that change to it. But starting from the 25 – has always been dumb to me. Yeah, I 
See, I'm the opposite. I prefer college football overtime rules to NFL rules. I, I think the NFL, the way they do it is is stupid, and it literally comes down to a coin toss most of the time. Yeah. Um, I think. I think, in my opinion, if a team scores a touchdown on their first drive, after having in, in overtime, then the other team should get a shot. At least they should get a shot at having the ball. If mm-hmm. you tie it up, great. If you don't, game's over. Sucks to suck. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would definitely agree with that. I think the NFL should definitely because you can't, you know, you can't put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and you know he's going to go down and score, and then not at least give the the, the other team a chance at at the ball. So I, I I do agree with that. That just that only benefits great offenses. It doesn't it doesn't benefit everybody. So yeah. Is that all you got? I got I got a couple more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and shoot yours off. All right. Uh, the extra innings rule in baseball. Why are we starting now in extra innings? Why do you start with a guy on second base? I mean, we've talked about Rob Manfred has single-handedly tried ruining the sport mm-hmm. of baseball. It, it's a stupid rule. Like, you play all game one way, and then you're – Trying to speed up the game by saying, okay, we're going to put somebody on second. Well, if you put somebody on second with no outs, most likely that person's going to score, but then the next team gets a chance to do it, and they're most likely to score. It, it Really, if each team does what they're supposed to do, the game should never end at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's one of them. The point system in hockey is stupid. <laughs> you, why, don't you just, why don't you just write a letter to the to the commissioner of hockey? Just explain all your grievances. I, I called Gary Bettman one time, or tried to call Gary Bettman one time. <laughs> no, you didn't. You I did, did not try to call that man. You I legit tried to, tried to try to call him. I called the NHL headquarters <laughs> and asked to speak to Gary Bettman. How old were you when you did this? Already, I, I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> was, was this like two years ago or something? <laughs> this is like three years ago. <laughs> I've done the same to Rob Manfred. The one to Rob Manfred was last year, actually. <laughs> Jared, what what problem? Hold on, I, I need I need context. I need a background. What prompted you to call NHL front office? <laughs> it was like the Hurricanes had been penalized so much in one game, <laughs> and then like. Our Sebastian Ajo got uh, was hit high, like it was a blatantly dirty hit, and there's no penalty in overtime. He was concussed. He was out for like three weeks, and uh, that that game, like we lost that game. I, I was just so pissed that we lost that game. We shouldn't have lost that game. And then the one time I called, tried to call Rob Manfred of the of Major League Baseball, um. I sat, on, I sat on hold for probably 25 minutes. I cussed out about three MLB employees. <laughs> and this was when Alec Bohm, uh for the Philadelphia Phillies didn't touch home plate when sliding into, into home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And this was like in a game in like late April, early May. Game that didn't mean anything. Jesus. And so, yeah. Um, Love it. 
Yeah, but the NHL point system. So, Artie, let me let me explain this to you. Mm-hmm. In the NHL, if you win a game, you get two points. Okay. If you lose a game in regulation, you get zero points. Okay. So when a win in regulation is two points, lose in regulation is zero points. You win a game in overtime, it's two points. You lose a game in overtime, it's one point. Where does that point come from? You get a you get a, you get a point for losing just because it's overtime. Yeah. Huh. So here's here's my solution, and I think a lot of hockey fans would agree with me. Go to a three-point system. Three points for winning in regulation. Okay? Zero points for losing in regulation. Two points for winning in overtime. And one point for losing in overtime. Mm. If you... Like, where does this phantom point come from? Right. So, I've got plenty more, but I'm not going to talk about them. Um, I mean some of the roughing the passer rules. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's absurd. Like how we determine whether a ball is called or not in the NFL. It's different every week. It seems yep. so. Yeah. So all the commissioners and in, in sports can walk the damn plank. And our commissioner in our fantasy football league can also walk the damn plank. Ah! But we, we won't talk about that. Um, walk the plank already. Do you have one? Um, nah, I kind of, I kind of aired mine out a little earlier. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of walk the planks. Yeah, I was gonna say Odell Beckham Jr. getting kicked off of a, a off of a commercial plane, but that happens. I mean, yeah. hasn't happened to me yet. But um, well, I mean, we, I, I kind of need more context on that. On that, yeah, I, I, I don't know the full story, so I'm not gonna yeah. say that one. But uh, I've got two other ones already. I've got a lot of grievances grievances today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're almost here at the time of Festivus, so it's time for the airing of grievances. Uh, <laughs> UNC lost on a missed field goal against NC State on Friday night. Yes. And then and within 20 minutes, within 20 minutes, Artie, they got beat. Uh, who did they get beat by? It was a team they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah, and, and they just lost to Alabama the other night, too. So they got yeah. No. I mean, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to get there. It was it was a bad day to be on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill, I'll tell you that. Bad day. Let's see. They lost to Iowa State. I mean, not a bad loss, but they lost to Iowa State. Um, they almost lost to Portland. The game before but that, their basketball team was number was number one in the country, and their football team was you know ranked in the top twenty on its way to a ACC championship game. So it was just uh, there was a lot of stakes, and 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 they lost. Yeah, and then they lost to Alabama on Sunday, yeah, in quadruple overtime. So tough, tough couple of days to be a UNC fan. Honestly, Artie, I was feeling pretty bad about ECU on Saturday until. That twenty minute stretch for Carolina, and I was like, okay, it could be worse. It could be worse. Um, be worse. And then, lastly, my fantasy team already <laughs> tragic. Oh my well, goodness! Tragic. I was I was talking the most shit last night. Oh, um, 
um, during Monday Night Football. Just All sure. my guys had played, and the only player playing on either side of on either team in in my matchup, my opponent had Indianapolis in pl- playing on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and at one point, Artie. I had a 4% chance of winning. Then all of a sudden, the Steelers score. Now I have an 85% chance of winning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, we're going to get this done. I I needed my opponent to score less than three points. They got two. If they got 2.99, I would have been fine. Mm-hmm. They needed to hit three points. And I'm thinking, okay, we're good. Like, just no stupid plays on on offense, Pittsburgh. Well, what do you know? You got you get a sack on the last drive for Pittsburgh, and a sack in our league is one point for the defense. They had three sacks, so they got my opponent got three points. Got three points. I I lost. What well, what was it? Ninety it was point zero two. You lost by point zero two. Yeah, it it was ninety point one to ninety point one two or something like that. Yes. In in my yeah, yes. it was ninety point one to ninety point one two. And th- this is like this is me going against like the best team in our league. One one like the number one seed in our league, number two seed in our league. And I was on the outside looking in. I was and this not to mention the two best wide receivers I had this past weekend were on my bench. Yep. And one went to East Carolina. And one of them is Zay Jones. I should have known the boneyard bump was a real thing. I should have factored that in. <laughs> we we have like, like 22 or 24 points or something like that sitting on your bench. And he had 22 points sitting on my bench. Whew. That's tough. Not to mention, not to mention uh, Tyler Higby, my tight end. Yeah. Got me a grand total of zero points this week. <laughs> I mean, already hit between him, my kicker. So I, I didn't have a bad week kicking. I had eleven points from Graham Gano. Too bad I have a, Too bad I have another kicker on my bench. Nick Folk had fifteen points. <laughs> If I would have started, I mean, if I would have probably, if I would have put Brandon Cooks in at my flex rather than Tony Pollard, I would have won. Yeah. I mean, come on. It was, it was a tough week, but we'll be back. We'll be back. Well, Artie, let's start, let's start wrapping this thing up. Uh, Championship weekend is this weekend. Yes, Election sir. Sunday is is this Sunday. Let's go through the Power Five or Power Six uh, championship games. The others don't matter, and and we'll uh we'll we'll go we'll end it on that. Okay, let's do it. And these are these are rankings from last week, so I know some of the rankings will change, but we're recording before the the college football playoff rankings come out tonight. Um, so. Excuse me with with these rankings. These are old rankings. 
Uh, number 14, Utah. At number six, uh, Southern Cal, USC. Uh, the Trojans are a three-point favorite. The over-under is 67. Artie, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, take the over. These are two pretty good offenses. They're going to score a lot of points. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. Um Utah's gonna Utah's gonna keep it close. I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fight hard. But USC's gonna win this game, and uh, don't be surprised. USC sneaks their way into the playoffs. But, I don't uh, think it's sneaking anymore. I, I think they're firmly in unless they lose on on Friday night. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, if if, if they win, they're in. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If they if they win the Pac-12, they're they're gonna get in. So yeah, USC they'll win this and they'll and they'll get themselves into the playoffs. Yeah, and then you got a barn burner in the Big Ten Championship, Purdue. <laughs> Purdue uh, playing against Michigan. In, where's that game? Indianapolis? Indianapolis, yeah. Playing at Indy, 730. Uh, Michigan is a 16.5-point favorite. The over-under is 51.5. I'm, uh, I'm taking Michigan, and I, 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 think they, I think they cover. I think they beat them by 21. Yeah, hell to the victors, baby. As long as Michigan doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, they should win this game by three touchdowns easily. Uh, Kansas State at TCU. I don't. I, where's this game played? Jerry World, Dallas. I think it is in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, TCU is a two and a half point favorite. They're number four in the country. Probably going to be. They. I think they move up to number three in the country uh, in tonight's mm-hmm. college football playoff ranking. Uh, TCU, two and a half point favorites against Kansas State. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Kansas State. I think Kansas State plays spoiler this weekend. You know, I I I I, I have this strange feeling that somebody's going to backdoor their way into the playoff because I I agree. I, I think TCU is going to uh, shoot themselves in the face and lose to Kansas State in the Big Twelve championship game. And that's going to leave the door open for somebody in the SEC to to, to backdoor into the playoff. So I just don't know who I don't know if it'll be from the SEC. My well, guess would my guess would be it'd be Ohio State from the Big Ten. Yeah, Ohio State's still sitting there. Alabama's still sitting there. Alabama's going to be ranked, you know, six at worst in the in, in the country. So you got Ohio State, you got Alabama, uh, maybe a Tennessee still sitting there, but I doubt Tennessee. Tennessee's I, out. I, I think. Uh, I, I think. I think TCU is gonna. They're gonna leave the door open for somebody. Tennessee's out. LSU would have been in with a win. Yes, but they couldn't but, take care of Texas A and M. But they couldn't beat Texas A and M, who lost to App State, who is not going to a ball. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. <laughs> I. I like I said, I'm taking Kansas State. I, I think Kansas State beats them. I do too. It, it took. Uh, what what's their quarterback's name? Adrian. I don't know. He former quarterback at Nebraska. I, I know you're talking. About, it's not Adrian Martinez, is it? Yeah, yeah, Adrian oh, Martinez. Yeah. It took him getting hurt in the game against TCU for TCU to beat them. Yeah. When they played in the regular season, um, I think he's back healthy. I think he'll be playing in this game. I gotta think that it get, it gives him a shot to uh, to beat TCU. Um, then LSU at Georgia. Georgia is one of the locks in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, them and Michigan have pretty much – they've locked up their spot um, unless somehow Purdue finds a way to beat Michigan, which I don't think 
even that would be unless they completely blow them out. I was about to say they did have to beat us like forty five to ten or something like that. It, it had to be an embarrassment. That that's the only way uh, Michigan doesn't get in. Um, Georgia's a seventeen and a half point favorite. Yeah, LSU couldn't take care of business against A and M. And, you know, they, they had a chance. You know, you beat A&M, you go to the SEC championship game, you beat Georgia, you'll probably get in. You'll, you'll probably yep. be the, the very first two-loss team to get into the playoff. But they're done. Um, I, I think, you know, for some reason, Georgia likes to let people hang around with them. So LSU will hang around in this game, but they'll lose. Yeah. I mean, LSU got blown out by Tennessee, and they beat Alabama. Tennessee beat Alabama. I mean – Artie, it's one of those things that, yeah, Alabama's hanging out around six or seven with two losses, mm-hmm. but I, Alabama shouldn't be that high. I think Alabama's more like a top 15 team. But I'm telling you, Alabama bias is real, and if TCU loses and leaves the door open for Ohio State and Alabama, they're going to look at Ohio State's loss against Michigan. They got blown out at home in Columbus. And then they're going to look at Alabama's two losses, which were both on the last play of the game on the road in hostile territory. I think the committee will take a two-loss Alabama over a one-loss Ohio State just because that Alabama bias is real. Even with that one loss being the now number two team in the country? I can see it. I'm not saying that that should happen. If that happens, blow the whole thing up. Blow the whole thing up. If Alabama finds a way to get in – after losing to Tennessee <laughs> and LSU, teams yeah. that ended up losing to South Carolina and Texas A and M, yeah. Which look, South Carolina, South Carolina is a sneaky good team right now. No, they're really good. Yeah, I mean, they've flown under the radar all year. Yeah, they because they 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 turned it up late. I mean, they, those first six weeks of the season were, were atrocious for them, but they they turned it on late. So, um, yeah. Georgia, Georgia. I think Georgia wins this game by twenty-one, um, at least. And I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking probably the over on this. I mean, the over is fifty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, now you want to talk about sickos for a Power Five championship game? Clemson against Carolina. The ACC is dog shit. <laughs> the, the the ratings on this game might be some of the worst for it for a championship game. No, they'll they'll, I, I get, they'll get ratings. They'll get ratings. You think so? You think there's so, there's so many there's so many UNC fans. There's so many Clemson fans. It's in Charlotte. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people at that game. But there's I mean, so those those are two national brands. They'll get a lot of regional ratings. I don't know about national ratings though. I mean, what what time is that game? That is that the eight o'clock slot? Because you, you you're definitely gonna have people watching. Well, Georgia LSU is probably what three thirty. I think the SEC championship game is is, is three thirty. That's at four. The SEC championship game is at four o'clock at the same time that the American Conference championship game is. Okay. So um, okay, yeah, I, I guess if the ACC is just the, the ACC is the ACC is at the same time as the Big Ten at eight o'clock on Saturday night. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you might get more people watching that than than Michigan Purdue. Yeah. Like, mm. So, and then Kansas State TCU play at noon. Um, God, I have a feeling Carolina wins. I just do. You think so I think Carolina wins. 
ACC champion Carolina. I don't see it. I think Clemson wins. I, I think they bounce back. They they honestly, I, I'm not going to say they shouldn't have lost to South Carolina. you got to give South Carolina credit. Um, but that's a game they probably should have won. I, I, think I mean, that, that's a game. They lost that game at home against their biggest rival. Yeah. And I mean, and honestly, that if any time it's going to be like a letdown game or a, a game where you just kind of look over your opponent, which you're never going to look over a, an in-state rival, especially a rivalry as big as uh, South Carolina and Clemson. But, I mean, South Carolina just came off the they, – they played spoiler to Tennessee the week before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a letdown game in, in the making, right? And they came out and they beat Clemson on their home field. So, I don't know. Uh, like I said, to to those NC State podcasters and listeners that I talked to early in the season that told me, oh, the ACC strength of schedule is much better than the American, walk the damn plank. Yeah. Because it's not. Your rankings are – inflated by preseason rankings and bias. I mean, Cincinnati, Tulane, and UCF are probably, I would put them on par right now with, or better than UNC. I'd put all three of them. I mean, sorry about it. Um, But, all right, so you're taking Clemson. Yeah, I'm taking Clemson. I think they beat Carolina. All right, I think Carolina wins. I, I, I'm going to take the over in that. Drake May is, is also lights out. Um, I think that game's more of a shootout, too. Um, and then, lastly, number 22, UCF, on the road, Yeoman Stadium in New Orleans. Tulane, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 56-and-a-half. Artie, what's yeah. your take? Uh, take the over, and for the love of God, do not let a team that won't be in the conference next year take a championship into the Big Twelve. That's that's all I Agreed. ask. For. Agreed. Agreed. I don't I don't care if you win by one or win by a thousand. Just get it done. This is this is a roll wave podcast. Yes. For the foreseeable future. Yes. I I need the the green wave to get it done. Yeah. So Artie. We we've talked about our the weekend the the conference championships. Who is your top four on Sunday? After it's all said and done. Yep. Um, Georgia one, Michigan two, USC three, and um, if TCU loses, I think Ohio State gets back in. I think that's how, I think that's probably how it should be. Yeah, I think that I, I would agree with that. One Georgia, two Michigan, three USC, which that's a game they could lose. They could lose to Utah. Now, if TCU and USC both lose, then I don't I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. To be honest that with you. that is the only way I think that that's the only way I think a, a team like Alabama could get in. Yeah. Um, I mean, if USC loses and TCU loses, I think Ohio State gets in and possibly Tennessee gets in. 
You think Tennessee gets over Bama because they got the uh, they got the tie break? They got the they got the head to head win over Alabama. Yeah, and I, I mean, could see that. But then you know Tennessee's without Hendon Hooker. They're they're, they're without their their starting quarterback. So I and mean, I think, I think that Alabama bias is real. But if 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 it goes down the way I think it's going to go down, I think it I think it'd be Georgia, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. Um, yeah, yeah, because after Ohio State, I mean, everybody has two losses. No, I would love to see TCU win and get and get in. Honestly, I don't I don't mind the four that we have right now. Yeah, but, uh, see, here's what I here's what I'll say. For the first time in the college football playoff history, you finally have different teams. Yeah, the parity in college football is finally starting to rear its head and show itself, and show that look, it's not just the SEC running away with it. Right, not just the Big Ten running away with it. Yeah, Michigan was in it last year. It, what's is this their second time or third time in it? Yeah, second. It would be just a second time. Yeah, Michigan's in, Georgia's in. I mean, Georgia's pretty much a lock now. Right. But it's not Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I may be wrong on this, but I think this might be the first time that we've had teams. All four teams are from different conferences. I I, I think I think so. And I want to say I think this is the first time where Alabama and Clemson probably won't be in it. Both are going to be out. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one. If if it shapes up, I mean, you got you got what SEC, Big Ten, Pac twelve, Big Twelve. Yep. You want parity? That's that's parity. And the ACC is the bottom feeder, like always. <laughs> when when Clemson doesn't have a good season, the ACC sucks. Just yeah. saying. Um, so yeah, all I'm rooting for this weekend, Artie, is chaos. All all the chaos. As long as Michigan wins the Big Ten Championship, in in reality, I don't care what happens. I truly don't care. I don't care if Georgia loses. I don't care if TCU loses. I don't care if USC loses. Wouldn't that be some shit? As as long as Michigan takes care of business, I don't care. If if Georgia loses to LSU, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be madness. It's because it, then you then you're going to have a lot of teams saying, "Okay, hold on now, we should we should be we should be in the conversation." Yeah, I mean, then you start talking about why why isn't a a team why why are these teams still in conversation? Yeah. Or like LSU, then maybe if LSU somehow finds a way to win, I, I don't know what's their record. Are they ten and two? No, they're nine and three. Nine and three. Yeah, LSU's out. Yeah, they yeah they're, they're not they're not even if they beat Georgia they're not getting it. The only like you you might have a way for Penn State to get in <laughs> at ten and two. They, I mean, they'd have an argument because their only losses to Michigan and Ohio State, so I mean they'd have legitimate uh you know legitimate gripe. So yeah, all the stuff we said about about uh if, if TCU and USC lose, you can make an argument. To have Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State in. Yep. I, I don't think Alabama should be in. But Al- but you, Alabama fans would lose their mind. They would they would they would burn be entire here cities down if Penn State got in over them. They entire cities. 
That that would be the biggest family reunion of all time. <laughs> all right, Artie. Anything else before we wrap it up? Good episode, man. Loved it. Loved the breakdown. I'm good. All right. Final thought on uh on Ishii's bowl matchup. Final prediction. Give it to me. Final prediction. Oof. You know, everybody's leaning Fenway. I, I think it. I think it will be Fenway against Syracuse. It, once you have three to four people of different outlets saying it's going to be Fenway, it, it'll probably be Fenway. Military Bowl versus Troy. You think? You think that's what's going to happen? Yeah, that's a terrible matchup, man. That it's not that bad though. That sucks. Now give me Fenway and Syracuse. Troy's the best team in the in the Sun Belt. Ew. They're ten and two. Ew, I don't. I don't want to see Troy. I just. I just want. I just want to play a name brand. That's all. I want to play a name brand. Troy is not a name brand. Troy, uh, famously, and really, they're ten and two with a loss to Ole Miss and App State, and that App State loss was the one where they had game day there. How how stupid does game day feel now? <laughs> I mean, at the time, it made sense. It made sense at the time. You can't be mad at them. You know. In hindsight. I mean, App State lost 63-61 to Carolina. Beat Texas A&M, which now looking back, wasn't that impressive. Not impressive at all. Beat Troy on a last-second Hail Mary where their fans stormed the field. Lost to James Madison. Beat the Citadel. Lost to Texas State. Beat Georgia State. Beat Robert Morris. See – Everybody's bitching because App State's six and six on the year and they're not in a bowl game. Yeah, they played two FCS opponents. I wonder why. Yeah, but Jared, you look at it though. App is six and six, and this is the worst season they've had in over twenty years. So, and you know, <laughs> that's six and six is is as bad as it gets in Boone, North Carolina. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, we'll we'll hand them a L next year. I promise you that. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Wash your hands, wash your butts, people. We love you. Till next time, Power Nation. Deuce.